Welcome to another episode of Born the Battle, the podcast that brings you the latest information on benefits and resources for veterans. I'm your host, Pablo Meza, and on this Monday, April 17, 2023, we're speaking with the director of the National Disabled Veterans Golf Clinic, a world-renowned program that provides adaptive sports and rehabilitation activities for disabled veterans. So let's dive right in and learn more about the National Disabled Veterans Golf Clinic and the impact it's having on the lives of disabled veterans. But before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that this podcast is brought to you by the Department of Veteran Affairs and their commitment to providing veterans with the resources and benefits they deserve. Now, without further ado, let's welcome the director of the National Disabled Veterans Golf Clinic to the show. Okay, so uh, welcome to the show, Nick. Uh, We're very happy to have him on Born the Battle. Uh, he is the director for the National Disabled Veterans Golf Clinic. Before I, I go too much into uh, into the weeds, Nick, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go ahead and, and uh, just give us a rundown of who you are, how long you've been at the VA, how long you've been at the clinic. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be on the podcast. As you said, yes, I am Nick Bilner, the director of the National Disabled Veterans Golf Clinic. I've been in this role since June of 2020. Prior to that, I worked for the Iowa City VA healthcare system for yellows, right about 17 years before before I took this job. So I've been in the VA for for quite a long time in a in a multitude of different roles, but very glad to to have the opportunity to be the director of this fantastic golf clinic. Yeah, you know, I, w- I was actually interviewing uh, Jason, who is uh, who was working on the uh, winter clinic the other day. And uh, he had mentioned that you would be a great person to interview just because you had uh, a lot of really important information regarding the golf clinic. So so here you are. And I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. For veterans that are not familiar with the National Disabled Veterans Golf Clinic, and and I'll just from here, if you don't mind, we'll just say the clinic, the golf clinic, just so we don't have to say the whole thing. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about the history and, and how it came to be, you know, a world leader in rehabilitation for disabled veterans. Yes, yeah, so it's it's uh, very very appropriate that you were talking with Jason about the Winter Sports Clinic because the origin of the golf clinic actually comes from the Winter Sports Clinic. So it was it was thirty years ago that there was a veteran from Iowa who who was accepted to attend the Winter Sports Clinic out in Colorado, and the veteran totally blind goes out to to Colorado and is skiing down the Rocky Mountains. And when when he returned, he was one, blown away by the experience at the Winter Sports Clinic. Uh, you know, the thought of being totally blind skiing down the Rocky Mountains with, you know, trained ski instructors and and all the adaptive equipment they could need, you know, that obviously ignited something in him to to the point that he came back and said, if I can do that, if if I'm a, a blind veteran who can ski down the Rocky Mountains, why can't we do a program for blind veterans right here in Iowa? And so he that veteran actually started this program 30 years ago based off his experience at the Winter Sports Clinic. So then the 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 golf clinic which was a different name back then, but that program started with a handful of veterans, blinded veterans, and uh, became associated with the Iowa City VA healthcare system where it then grew in popularity, grew in size, more and more veterans. They started to accept other um, profound disabilities within the program. So beyond visual impairments, they serve veterans with spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries, limb loss, 
Parkinson's, MS. Um, there's a handful of other profound injuries that that we serve, but those those are the primary uh, disabilities or the, the populations of veterans that we that we aim to serve at the golf clinic. So that that's the origin of how it how the program came to be. That's awesome, you know, because you could tell that it really impacted that person. So, you know, he he felt like it was something that should be given to more more veterans. Well, yeah, that, yeah that's what I mean. The, hearing about these things, right? Like hearing that there's a, a, a program put on by the VA and I've got to give um, a shout out to our program partner, DAV, you know, these programs are put on for veterans. It sounds really incredible, right? But when you, when you go to them, that's where you see a veteran who probably has a million excuses not to try something. When you think about golf is challenging with your sight. So when you take that away, to find to 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 witness that and see that light bulb come on and and be a part of that for that veteran realizing hey I can do this that's what gets you excited it's a fantastic job so you told us about a little bit about the origin but can you tell us maybe how the clinic has evolved over the years to meet the changing needs of disabled veterans I know you mentioned initially it was for visual impaired veterans and then it, it kind of grew out but it is how has it evolved you know yeah so. With regards to the visually impaired veteran population, what really is important is understanding how challenging it is to instruct or teach someone the game of golf who doesn't have their sight. You know, so I think there was a lot of evolution with the program and the golf instruction uh, aspects of it to ensure we were, you know, meeting those visually impaired veterans where they are. You know, a podcast is a great a great platform for me to demonstrate that. Whereas if I were to say to you, you know, Pablo, I'm going to show you how to golf really quick. I need you to hold your hands about like this. I want your right arm to be about this angle. That doesn't mean anything to you because you can't see me. So we, we, you realize how you really have to be very descriptive with your golf instruction and the language you use. And, and in a lot of times you have to kind of help that veteran find the right position, you know, by helping them, you know, set up to a, uh, the ball, address the ball properly and feel what that's like. Cause you can't just say, do what I'm doing. You know, that doesn't mean anything when, when you don't have your sight. And so the evolution of that golf instruction is, is one, one aspect, especially for visually impaired, um, with, with regards to the other Populations we serve, you know, spinal cord injury that that comes that brings with it, you know, a more significant adaptive equipment inventory where you you have veterans who need, you know, we have varying versions of adaptive golf carts that we offer depending on the the significance of the the spinal cord injury or the you know the ability of the veteran to make sure you have those golf carts because those for one are not um, they're not cheap and they're not readily available everywhere. So we try to be able to make the game of golf accessible for whichever veteran comes to our program and with, you know, spinal cord injury or, or veterans with, you know, significant physical limitations, those adaptive golf carts and, and having the requisite fleet of those golf carts has certainly been uh, a challenge and an opportunity for us to, you know, build that inventory to serve more veterans. You know, that's interesting because uh, the first thing that came to mind is just how many veterans go to that the clinic. And then if you guys need uh, this amount of carts, do you guys you know, reserve them in advance? Do you guys purchase them? 
in it, it, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it, it really this year we're we're wanting 200 veterans to be at the clinic. You know, prior to to 2020, the numbers were up in the 240 250 range, uh, and you know, the la- last year we had a, a smaller clinic. This year we're hoping to have 200 veterans and. You ask a great question that we're, we're in the midst of uh, identifying the answer to that right now because right now the application period is open for veterans, volunteers, clinic staff to come support. And depending on the number of veterans who apply who have a spinal cord injury or, or otherwise have a condition that requires one of those adaptive cards, that then determines how many do we need. And so we, we really learned that through the end of this month into May when our application period closes. But, you know, depending on the number, we have a, a probably one of the largest adaptive golf cart fleets in the country, just given the fact that, you know, we have access to about 20 of those. And for one program to have that number is, is very rare. Um, but we do have, we do have organizations we partner with if we had a need for more than that, you know, that we could rent or borrow um, but it, we, we learn that right now. This application period is, it's exciting for the veterans. It's exciting for us. But we also learn, you know, w- what are we going to need to serve this year's group of veterans? Uh, we do still primarily serve visually impaired. They, they make up about two thirds of the veterans who apply and come to the program. But we, we are expanding in those other areas that, that I had mentioned. So because you're talking about right now that it's an open period, can you give us kind of a walkthrough of the process of how a disabled veteran can participate uh, in the golf clinic? And, you know, what what is the eligibility criteria uh, and what kind of resources are are available for the veterans to prepare for the event? The the first place and and almost always the best place to get your information for for the golf clinic is going to be directly from me. And that's going to be, we have our website. It's it's www.veteransgolfclinic.org. That gives you information on the applications, the uh, qualifying disabilities, the dates, just, you know, all the general information. That's a great place to get your, your first round of information in the applications. I'd also highly encourage any veteran to touch base with their local VA, wherever they're coming from. We bring veterans from all over the country. So wherever you're at, reach out to your VA, talk with your rec, you know, recreation therapy department, talk with your primary care provider to find out more about their, their rehab departments and because we work with those departments all year round, you know, to, to get our information out and to work with them to, to recruit new veterans. So if you don't go to our website, go, go talk to your, your local VA and, and ask them about the, the national rehab events. Because there are other ones. I'm obviously biased towards the golf clinic. But there are other ones offered uh, at different times of the year. So that's a great resource for veterans. And once, once you get a hold of the application... There's a handful of forms. We have a physical exam that, that we require. You submit that, and then we make our acceptance determinations in May. So that's next month. But from there, then that, that kind of connects them to us where we then communicate with them on, on what they need to do and how, how they can be a part of it. All right on. You guys are going to be busy this month. Oh, really? see, 
That, that's true. It's certainly true. This the second the second the event is over. This like this happened last year in September. As soon as it gets done, you start the next year because you learned everything that happened and you start your your after action reports and you start all your reviews of what worked, what didn't, and starting to make you know changes. And last year was smaller. This year we're wanting 200 veterans. Well, that means we need more golf courses and we need more transportation and we need, and all those things take a lot of lead time to set up um, just because those processes take time, especially within the VA, you know, those things take some time to make sure you have all your, your T's crossed and, and your I's dotted. All right on. And let me, let me ask you this. Do, do you have to have as a veteran that's going to the golf clinic, do you have to have any experience uh, with, with golf or, or so, yeah, Shame on me for not addressing this sooner. And that is an excellent question, Pablo, because you do not need any experience to, you may have never picked up a golf club in your life. And, and our job as I, my mission is to make the game of golf accessible to any veteran, regardless of their disability and regardless of their golf skill. So we do see a majority of veterans who are are not advanced golfers. I would say, you know, to give rough estimates, it's probably close to 50% who are in that novice skill level. And then another, you know, 25%, maybe 30% who are in that intermediate skill level with the remainder being, you know, more advanced golfers, but the, the majority is not advanced, you know, so that that's our job. And really my challenge is to, to present such an invigorating golf experience that they go home and they want to golf and they tell their friends about it and they get them off the couch, out of the house, doing some sort of physical activity, doing something invigorating, you know? So no, you, you to answer your question, no, you do not need any golf experience to come to the golf clinic. And you just mentioned, you know, getting up off the couch and, and you know, I've only been golfing once, but uh, when I went golfing, it was with uh, actually a couple of my buddies were in the Air Force with me. And we just had a good time. You know, golfing is, is one of those sports that, you know, it's mentally and physically challenging. But with, with saying that, um, can you kind of let us know from your point of view how you've seen, you know, adaptive sports activities benefit the disabled veteran, um, both physically and mentally. Yeah, yeah. What what I think what I think is is always a, a privilege um, to witness is is seeing that light bulb come on for that veteran who who, like I said, had had a lot of reasons to not give this a try. Golf. You're smarter than me, Pablo. You've golfed once. I've been golfing for the last, Jesus, 30, 34 years of my life. So a vast majority of my life I've golfed, and it can be a really frustrating sport. But to to have these veterans come out and and try something that's challenging and given their situation even more challenging, to to have them find success because no one perfects golf, right? Like in the one time you went out and golfed, I don't know, maybe you made a, a 12 foot putt or maybe a, you hit a chip real close to the pin. And that, that, that brings you back, you know, like that brings you, or I hope, I hope that brings you back to find that success. And so we, we get to witness these veterans have those successes, regardless of their skill level, maybe, maybe they're skilled and it's hitting a, 
a bomb right down the center of the driveway on most of the holes and par in a couple holes or even birdie in a hole or two. That That's success for them. But everybody gets to have their taste of success. And then that that's contagious, you know, that, that, that joy they get from that. And then really the, the networking that the veterans do while they're at the clinic, that right. also is critical. And, and in a lot of ways, even more important than what, what they're even there to do is the people they meet to say, you know, if you're a first time attendee and you come thinking, you know, I'm totally blind. I can't do this. You're going to run into veterans who are there who have been there for years saying, that's how I felt too when I first came. But I've been coming for however many years and I've lowered my, you know, my scores dropped this many strokes. I golf this much more. I do this. So it's, it's um, inspirational, right? For the veterans just to see and be around these other success stories of, of making it through the clinic. And they, they get to witness that. So mentally, that's you're creating this support system. You're creating this group of people who just just like you at one point thought maybe they couldn't do this. And now you're beyond empowered because you're doing it and you have someone else tell, telling you, I did it too. You know, so yeah. it, it, that part is, um, I mean, moving is an, is an understatement. You know, just to be a, a part of that, it, it truly is a privilege. Yeah, well said. Just thinking back on my uh, upbringing when I was young and I was playing sports, you know, s- some of uh, some of these lessons that that I was uh, was taught. I, I used to play soccer um, throughout my throughout my life, but I could still remember, you know, some of the teachings from my old coaches. You know, and they they've not only stayed with me uh, for my, in, in my sports life, but they've stayed in, with me for you know everyday life. You know, stuff that I was able to to just incorporate into you know being a father, you know, being a, uh, a military veteran, um, you know, just every, every part of my life. So, all right, l- let's continue. Um, let's talk about the instructors, you know, uh, can you talk about, you know, the activities that the instructors use and what kind of one-on-one approach do they have with the veterans that you've seen in the veterans uh, rehabilitation journey? Yeah, so we we are very fortunate. We have a ton of support uh, from the Iowa section of the PGA. We have PGA and LPGA instructors who support our instruction program. And so these, these instructors have been supportive for years and have really honed their skills and their understanding of how this how important this individualized approach is. So you have PGA and LPGA instructors who who have one-on-one instruction with the veterans throughout the week. You know, we like to front load that so that way we give them the best chance to succeed at golf and and like I said, light that flame or that passion for golf that they'll carry with them when they go home. But the, these these instructors have very individualized approaches and, and use, you know, they customize their instruction from veteran to veteran. You know, visual impairments come in a variety of 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 I guess conditions, or there, there's a variety of visual impairments that that we serve. And so some veterans may have total blindness or may have no light perception or may have just peripheral vision or just tunnel vision. And what 
we've what we've seen is incredibly successful with these instructors is customizing club heads, you know, where they, they'll have club heads where they can, you know, put a different color on the top of the club head with a different colored stripe down the center of the club head to, for that veteran that has some vision, even though they have a visual impairment, they have some vision, they can then independently line that club head up with a golf ball where we buy reflective golf balls, fluorescent golf balls, you know, a golf ball, like a reflective golf ball for your eye, Pablo, if the sun hits that right, that actually is going to be difficult to look at. It's so reflective and so shiny, but for a veteran with a visual impairment, now you've got this customized club head that you can set up behind what is effectively a miniature disco ball and line that shot up independently. Cause again, as much depend independence as much independence as we can give these veterans is what we want to do. And so these instructors know this. They know the techniques for, you know, verbally describing what they're going to do. Whereas, you know, I could just show you some veterans, you, you know, you might say you need to interlock your left index finger with your right pinky finger as you grip the club. So they use very descriptive language that with or without sight, you can follow along with the instruction. Uh, beyond the, the customization I just described, we also have a prosthetics team to work with our veterans with limb loss and their fittings to ensure we've, we've had uh, a quad amputee out there who has golfed, you know, they've been fitted, they've had their, their prosthesis customized to, to have a club on, you know, to be able to grip a golf club and they're out there golfing. And, and we really, I mean, knock on wood have not run into a situation where we could not adapt and customize our instruction in our program to have that veteran golfing and being able to see some success in, in their, their golf game. Wow. You know, it really helps, you know, veterans, uh, challenge what they believe is perceived limitations, but you guys are, you know, doing a lot to, to kind of just crush that and, and get them to enjoy the game of golf. It, I'm just curious, have some of these veterans gone on to, you know, maybe, you know, go when they go back home to, you know, maybe start up a, a, a golf uh, kind of group uh, for veterans that maybe they, they weren't able to go to the golf clinic. And, and do you guys support, uh, you know, veterans that are, are doing that when they get back home or how, is that is that even a possibility? So we, we have seen that, Pablo. We have seen veterans who come, especially veterans who who've never golfed, limited golf experience, and their experience at the golf clinic is so, again, I use the word invigorating. It's the right word. I feel like it's their experience was so invigorating that they then go back and start, you know, a local tournament at their community course or a local program. When you ask about, do we support that? We certainly love to to see that happen. We love to know that's happening. We also do support those veterans in those communities to, again, work through their VA. A lot of VAs across the country do adaptive uh, recreational activities and recreational programming throughout the year. And so connecting them with their rec therapist at their local VA or their, their physical therapist or whomever it may be, we, we work with a lot of um, 
visually impaired service technicians. They're called BIST coordinators. We work with them at a lot of sites just given the, the significant proportion of visually impaired veterans, but definitely want them connected back to, to the golf programming in their community. Because while, while I talk about this very individualized approach and all this customization we have, we, we are fortunate in the sense that we, we are a national program that has the, the experience and the support to do that. But back home, you know, we, we do work with veterans and their VAs to try to help them acquire adaptive equipment when they return home. There, there are veterans who, who have gotten adaptive golf carts through their local VA. There's, there's a process to do that, but we, we absolutely support that throughout the year. I mean, that's a huge win for us to know that we started something that they just have to do when they get back home. You know, when you talk about rehabilitation and their rehabilitative journey, we want them to we want them to start with us or or hone their skills with us and go back with this new passion that they just can't get enough golf that they they have to do it when they get back home. Yeah, that's wow. That's that's good to hear. You know, veterans are going to be coming from all over the country when they get back. If they want to do that, they should definitely reach out to their to their VA uh, uh, clinics and uh, hospitals. Before I go to the next question, I do want to say all of this is possible only if veterans uh, join the VA healthcare system. So please do that, right? You, you, you need to be enrolled. Uh, so that, that's important. Uh, so if you're not enrolled, please do that. Uh, that's how you're going to have access to, to some of these great uh, resources that we have, including the golf clinic. But, uh, but yeah, I just want to throw it out there just in case anybody's listening who is not enrolled currently. Uh, in the VA healthcare system. You're talking about um, you guys partner with DAV, but how is the clinic funded uh, and, and how can individuals or corporations uh, support this important cause? Yeah, so DAV, our, our program partner, fantastic. Can't say enough about them. Uh, fierce advocates for the veterans we serve actively supporting throughout the year. Fantastic, fantastic. I can't say enough about DAV. Beyond DAV, we do have sponsors who support the program um, at varying levels. And the best way, again, for those sponsors to find out how they can get involved is, you know, reaching out, go through, go through our website, veteransgolfclinic.org again, and you can get all sorts of information on the program, sponsoring, how to be a part of it. Reach out directly to me. We, I do have sponsors reach out directly to me. Um, that's, that's the best way is just because then we can start to, like, like what I'm doing here today, describe the program to them and, and how their contributions uh, would impact and, and enhance the program. And... Without without DAV, without our sponsors, without without them, we, we would look a lot different. We would look a lot different. So uh, it does it does take a lot of support to to pull off the golf clinic every year. Okay, you know, um, going back to the conversation I had with Jason, he mentioned there was a lot of volunteer opportunities, not just within you know the VA employees, but just o overall. Can you kind of? Talk about uh, if there's any VA opportunities or, or volunteer opportunities uh, for the clinic. Yes, yes. So definitely, definitely takes a lot of volunteers for the golf clinic. The reason being is with a, the large 
contingent of visually impaired veterans we serve, we have a one-to-one volunteer to, to veteran ratio. You know, the, the, what we call those volunteers is, is a golf buddy and they effectively function as a caddy for the veteran. And so it, it, for visually impaired veterans, they, they help them navigate the terrain. They help them find their way about the course and, and the different hazards. For some reason, people put sand traps and ponds and lakes and creeks out on the golf course and trees in places you don't want them. But uh, golf buddy is a, is a, the most needed role that we have. And, and ideally, people who serve as golf buddies are, are just golfers, you know, people who are familiar with the game of golf, familiar to help those novice skilled veterans understand a little bit more about the game of golf because a lot of those veterans, like I said, they've, they, they know very little uh, to, to nothing about golf. So if, if you're a golfer who wants to support veterans with disabilities, we're a great program. For, and again, best way to find out more about that is again at our website. There's a, uh, a page, a volunteer page that goes through the different roles, how to apply, They'll find out they end up talking to me a lot because I'm the one who gets all the applications. Um, so it's we definitely need volunteers. And and just to say, it it is beyond rewarding the experience that the volunteers have. They they end up being paired with a veteran throughout the clinic. So they're out there golfing with them every day. And and we we do offer alternative activities. I can get into that a bit later, but we we do have golfing, you know, four days in a row. And the, the the relationship, the rapport that those volunteers and those veterans develop is it's fantastic. And and we hear every year we'll get veterans who apply again and volunteers who apply again who say, please pair me with, you know, veteran Mary or veteran John, and please pair me with volunteer Joe or volunteer, you know, Jane because they develop that relationship and they, they want to stay connected. They want to get together with those people again. And they learn something, you know, like once you go for a round of golf with a veteran, you, you, you learn something, you know, this person, they hit their seven iron this far, or they like this wedge around the green, or they like this. And that's important. It kind of, it, it again, enhances that golf experience for the veteran. And that's what it's all. That's what it's all about for us. Before we, uh, in our pre-conversation before the interview, you were talking a little bit about the women's basketball, the Iowa women's basketball team. So, you know, this is going to be a good time for you to talk about Iowa because my next question is, can you talk about the logistics of the clinic and, and you know, like where the veterans stay at and, and how the activities are organized so yeah, the logistics for this program are, are pretty significant, right? We're bringing in veterans with profound disabilities from all over the country. And, and really, that, that involves a lot of transportation and a lot of coordination with, there's, you know, an uh, airport about 30 minutes north of where the, the program is hosted, the host hotel, which is in Riverside, Iowa. And the Riverside Hotel and Golf Resort is a beautiful, beautiful location. And it's the, the Iowa PGA section is actually housed down there at the Riverside golf course. Wow. But we bring veterans in all veterans are lodged in the same hotel. And then we have our overflow hotels where some of our clinic staff and volunteers and sponsors um, are lodged. 
But then in the Iowa City area, we use anywhere from four to six different golf courses to support, you know, the, the number of veterans we bring in. And I mean, we have, we have golf clubs for veterans. You know, when we talk about people who come who've never golfed before, we do have full sets of golf clubs that we offer to people who need them. Um, some people prefer to bring their own, their own clubs, but the, the coordination of getting all those clubs, all the carts, all the people in all the right places, you know, it's significant. We have a fully staffed, you know, logistics team. We have a fully staffed transportation team that, that operates and, you know, the days leading up to the event. And then it's, it's all systems go during the clinic to make sure everything is where it needs to be. Um, we have trying to think we have a lot of alternative activities we offer beyond golf. So each, each day of the clinic, you know, there's arrival day and registration day, and then we have four straight golf days. And those in the morning through early afternoon, the veterans are out getting golf instruction, golfing, and in the afternoons, that's where we introduce a lot of all our alternative activities. And those include, you know, adaptive cycling, kayaking, rock wall climbing, disc golf, bowling, air rifle. We have wellness activities that include water aerobics, tai chi, chair yoga, you know, really trying to introduce as many things and as many activities to encourage that physical activity, which is, as we talked, beneficial physically, emotionally, mentally. But putting all that on during the week, you know, there's different venues that we have to, to get for those. There's different support staff we have to get to get to lead those sessions. You know, it it's it's major the amount of moving pieces and moving parts that go into this because you're 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 working with veterans with significant disabilities, with profound disabilities. So it, it is a, you know, there's a lot that goes into making sure your shuttles are in the right place have the right type of accessibility, have all, I mean, it's, it's a lot, but it, it honestly is the greatest mission of in, any organization on the planet is the VA's mission to, to serve those who have served to, to paraphrase it shortly. So it's, it's, I mean, a great privilege to do it, but there's, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, so, you know, you were talking a little bit about, you know, just, the, the mission. So I, I kind of want to go to this question. Uh, you know, what's the most rewarding part for you uh, as a part of, you know, as a person who works uh, at the clinic uh, and what keeps you motivated? Uh, you briefly touched on it, but, you know, I just want to go ahead and give you the opportunity to just kind of really dive deep into that answer. Yeah. So, I mean, what I was so taken aback by last year at last year's clinic is the appreciation of veterans for what we do. And for me, it's such a, an honor to do it, right? So to have someone who really, I mean, we, we get veterans from, from in their 30s to in their upper 90s. You know, you have World War II veterans out here last year. And to, to have them be appreciative of what you do is um, it stops in your tracks to be quite frank it, it gets to me every time um, 
how appreciative they are and how I feel like it's the absolute least I can do, right? It's the absolute least I can do. There's never going to be something I do that repays veterans for what they've done for me. So I, <laughs> I think it's, it's seeing those veterans come here you know, with some hesitation, you know, at first too, especially about what did I get myself into? Uh, how am I going to golf? How am I going to this? And and seeing them open up and seeing them light up and, and just being to be in their presence while they go through this clinic is, is very <laughs> beyond rewarding. You know, it, it's like I say, it's a lot of work to do this. It's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of organization. And it, it's all year that you're, you're figuring this out. But it, you get to that clinic and you get to be with those veterans and that, that recharges your batteries. It refills your cup. It, it does everything. It charges you to get through the next, the next, you know, round of all the pain and preparation just to get to be with them again. Cause the, the, <laughs> there, there's a lot of stories I could tell you and they all are that feeling of just it's the least I can do for them. And they're so appreciative that it's just, it's a privilege to do this. It's a privilege. You know, that's uh, as a veteran, uh, I'm thankful for people like you with that kind of emotion. Uh, and as a, as a member of the VA uh, staff and employees, I'm, I'm very happy to be able to provide my services to, to the veteran community because I, I agree with you hundred percent. It's the least, that I can do as well for my for my community. You know, yeah. uh, my next question was, uh, what advice would you give uh, disabled veterans who are hesitant? But I feel like you just answered that right now. You know, just you're talking about you know just the the feeling. I think you've answered it throughout most of the questions. Networking, uh, you know, just overcoming, uh, you know, some some barriers. Um, you know, just seeing overall the, the emotions and uh, and feeling empowered. I think, I think you covered that question. So, you know, I don't have any more questions, but I'll just go ahead and let you talk about the future of the program and, uh, and go ahead and, and just say anything else you want to say before we uh, close the show. Yeah. Thank you again, Pablo, for having me on the show. I, I really do appreciate this opportunity. And, and my last, you know, pitch to, to, to any veterans or, or volunteers or, or sponsors who want to get involved, you know, we're, we're going to be in Iowa, Sunday, September 10th through Friday, September 15th. Our application period is closing the beginning of May. So the time, the time is now, if, if you want to come to, to go to our website, get the application, all my contact information is on there to reach out to me with any questions uh, to apply and come this year. And if for any reason this year isn't, it, you know, there's a conflict in your schedule, you can't do it. Um, you know, remember, we're, we're the second week of September in Iowa every year. So I always encourage you to, to connect with, with either myself, if you're, if you're a volunteer or a sponsor, or connect with your local VA, if you're a veteran, to find out more about this in January, because that's when we open our application period every year. So, you know, January 2024 be looking for this information, be checking our website because that's, that's how you can get your applications in and come be a part of this. Because I, I just urge anyone who's hesitant to come to, to come try us because I, I think I, 
I think you'll be surprised and I think we'll make a golfer out of you one way or the other. So I, I really encourage you to, to ask questions. Never hesitate to reach out to me any time of the year. I'm always available. And again, if this year isn't the year, I can, I can add you to our you know, email distribution list or, or phone list to, to reach out to you for, for the next year's program. Nick, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you for taking time today. Um, you know, the golf clinic is, uh, sounds like an amazing resource for our veteran community. Um, we will have a blog alongside this episode with all the information Nick gave. Uh, so it's going to be readily available. Um, that's all I have, Nick. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. Before we sign off, I want to remind our listeners about the importance of enrolling in the VA healthcare system. If you're a veteran and haven't enrolled yet, please visit va.gov forward slash health dash care forward slash how dash to dash apply to learn more about the benefits available to you and how to apply. Enrolling in the VA healthcare system is one of the most important steps you can take to ensure you receive the benefits and resources you deserve. Thank you for tuning in to Born the Battle, and we'll see you next time.